Hello, good morning and welcome to the latest episode of NFL Only Better. Lots to talk about this morning. Um, breaking news, of course, from the world of NFL. Mike slaps his face to get himself ready. Breaking news, not massively surprising that Josh McDaniels has been given the chop. Mike, I'm joined as always, of course, by Mike Harrison and by John Bath. Mike, I, I'm a little surprised at the timing. Maybe it's early doors or is uh, a little, a little freak out. Yeah, just... a, a little bit. And I'm sure Adam's freak out had something to do with it. Um, but the interesting thing to me is that they didn't do anything in the free agent market. And I wouldn't be surprised if Mark Davis was expecting them to be fairly active one way, one way or the other. And you notice that not only Josh McDaniels is gone, but Dave Ziegler his college teammate at John Carroll and, you know, former Patriots uh, personnel guy, uh, he's gone as well. So it's, it's a total, it's a total shakeup. Um, Josh McDaniels, the only coach in NFL history to lose a game to Jeff Saturday. Um, <laughs> now, now has had uh, two, two short, <laughs> two coaching head coaching gigs, both of which were terminated halfway through the second year. Um, and I don't know where he where he goes from there, but obviously, um, obviously, his success has been in association with mm. Tom Brady and or Bill Belichick, depending on which way you want you want Absolutely. to look at that. Um, the Raiders appointed Antonio Pierce as their new head coach. Uh, he was the linebackers coach, good linebacker with the Skins and um, with the Giants. Uh, and this is kind of like when they fired Gruden and Rich Bisaccia, the special teams coach, took over. What you're doing is you're putting a guy in charge who's a, a confidence builder, who's who's got character, you know, who's going to just lead from the front, as it were. And whether or not that works, I don't know, because they've got a horrible roster, basically. Um, and as we saw, Jimmy G either wasn't ready to play or is never going to be ready to play for that for for that team. It was a horrible uh, loss for them last week. So you know, good luck. Mm. Yeah, well, I guess uh, John, you tie your boast to Jimmy G for good looks, obviously, but maybe not for talent. And I mean, go back eight years ago, maybe Josh McDaniels he tied his boat to Tim Tebow. I mean, I'm just yeah, I'm just I'm just not sure he's picking the right horse here at times. I'm not sure he is either. I suppose Jimmy G was kind of meant in to be the the glue that would bring some of the other things together. I'm not sure he was meant into he was meant to be brought in there to be, you know, the revolutionary style quarterback that you see in other in other kind of franchises. But yeah, I, I think Mike actually said it on last week's show when we were talking about uh, Vegas a little bit, and he was just like, "It's a repeat of the um, of McDaniel's time in Denver." And I looked into that this morning when I found out the the news. Obviously, so his uh, McDaniel's in Denver in a season and a half, as Mike said, eleven wins and seventeen losses. Uh, a season and a half in Vegas, nine wins and sixteen losses. So it's like I think that's we can kind of say now that the evidence suggests that that is Josh McDaniel's kind of ceiling as an NFL coach. He's presumably a much better um, position coach or, or a coordinator, or at least judging by his uh, time in, in, in New England, of course, anyway. But I think, yeah, his reputation has taken a big hit here. He, he, just going back two years, this guy was the golden boy. There were, he, there were supposed to be you know different teams fighting over him to be the, their head coach. I know Cleveland interviewed him. I know a bunch of other teams interviewed him. And he ended up going to Vegas. He, he, and, he uh, took the job in Indianapolis, remember, a couple oh, of course, years before yeah, that. And, and, exactly, then, and exactly. then walked out a day later. <laughs> but this is, I think this is tremendously damaging to his reputation as a head coach. And I just, I don't think this really, but then again, we could be doing this podcast. We could be on episode 250 after, after uh, McDaniels goes back to New England and there's another vacancy somewhere and he gets the job and we're like, oh, maybe, maybe this time he's going to be good. <laughs> but 
Probably not. And I think just the last thing I will say on this is that, you know, they've been an incredibly dysfunctional team in Las Vegas so far this year. And even like their their most high profile player, I think we would agree, probably is Devante Adams. And he's been, you know, criminally underused. He had one catch in the in the game against the Lions during the week, one catch for eleven yards. And he's even been going on to, you know, when you're getting your star players going on to social media and onto Twitter saying it's like, I don't understand why I'm not getting the ball. Why am I not being targeted? Like, that's a really, really bad look for a franchise. And it, it's really no surprise that McDaniels got canned. But perhaps it is. The timing is a bit of a strange one, like hours after the trade deadline closed. And you wonder what the motivation was there. Was was some of it because the the GM didn't go in there and do any business? Or was it like, we want to get past the trade, trade deadline so we can't lose any players and then make the call? So... I think a lot more is going to come out about this in the next couple of days, but you know, it's not, it's not happy times in Las Vegas. No, it's not. And Mike, just, just to finish up on this, it's funny. Like, you know, we we always say like, you know, the game of inches and all this stuff, but you know, if, if one or both of those passes from Jimmy G that when Devontae Adams was wide open, essentially, if either of those land in his lap, I mean, one of them is only a few inches really from his, from his hands. If one of those we're talking about, maybe a Raiders win, a Devontae Adams 60-yard and a Devontae Adams 80-yard touchdown, McDaniels yeah. probably keeps the job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I, I thought, you know, the whole targeting business, I hate, and I hate when receivers are using target, targeting, you know, on social media. But um, I, I think, obviously, Devontae Adams is going to be doubled um, on that team because who else are you going to worry about, really? Um, they, they don't have the line to make Josh Jacobs work um, the way he should. Uh, so, you know, obviously I think his target should be down. You know, you would expect that, but as you say, there were just some misses there, you know, and, and tough, tough to blame McDaniels for those message, but I, but I think it's an atmosphere. It's a culture mm-hmm. kind of thing in, in Vegas. They, he's lost the team, as they say, um, Max Crosby probably would like Rich Basaccia back, you know, who's, mm-hmm. who's like the other, the other, you know, they've got Adams on one side of the line, Jacobs arguably, and then, and then uh, Crosby on the other side. And that's about it. And, um, and uh, kind of like the Patriots in a way, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Derek Carr just happened to have had a pretty good game in, in, for New Orleans uh, at the same time, which Mark Davis was probably hugely aware of. But, but you know, you can take it a little bit further back. I mean, this is the, the, the next coach will be the, I think, eighth coach since Mark Davis took over the team from his papa um, in like 12 years. So, you know, it, you can't put it all on the coaches. That's true. Yep, that is true. We'll leave the 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 Raiders talk there. Personally, I don't think they should have got rid of Derek Carr. But hey, that's their <laughs> that's their thing. Um, when we talk during the week, guys, and we do talk during the week about what we're going to talk about on the show and who we're going to bring. We, we brought up a loads of stuff. I see Kirk Cousins injury, you know, San Francisco losing games, but it was kind of brought to our attention of the slate of games that we can enjoy on Sunday, which really is like wow. Uh, Dolphins Chiefs in Frankfurt. Seahawks, Ravens, Cowboys, Eagles, Bills, Bengals, get the popcorn in. It's going to be quite a Sunday. However, before Browns that... Cardinals. Shut up, John. <laughs> Gi- Giants, Raiders. <laughs> um, 
why don't we just touch on Thursday night football as we always do? We just touch it. We give it a little, a little nudge and a tweak. We say hello Thursday night football because it's the Tennessee Titans at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, that oh man, America's yeah. game of the week. Now it is. It is on at a reasonable time because obviously the the clock, etc. Um, twenty three to twenty. That's what clocks tend to be. Yeah, what clocks. <laughs> 23 to 20 about the Titans. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 8 to 11, 2.5 spread. 36.5 is the over under. Mike, I'll go to you first because we have kind of all agreed that the Steelers are a bad team, really. Like, a... I, I haven't agreed with that. Oh, totally. Right. I mean, well, I'll just go because I, I think they make the best of what they have and they've got a pretty good defense. Now, I think Minka Fitzpatrick is going to be out. Um, which is which is a big hit for their defense. But you know, M- Mike Tomlin seems to make more out of little less than probably any coach in the NFL. And and when we talk about character and culture, I think that's a, a huge part of it there. Um, but we don't know who's playing quarterback for Pittsburgh. And, and today I was seeing some Kenny Pickett stats. He's got a historically low percentage of touchdown passes. Um, Mason Rudolph threw more touchdown passes in fewer Dear. plays than, than Kenny Pickett has. Um and Mitch Trubisky is more erratic uh, than Pickett, but he also can make more things happen. So it's kind of like a swings and roundabouts thing with those two. Tennessee, we assume Levis is going to play quarterback for the whole game. And then the big question is, was that was that a kind of one-off, take them by surprise um, when the big-armed rookie quarterback comes in? And will Pittsburgh give him the kind of problems you might expect a Pittsburgh defense will give a rookie quarterback? You know, he'll... Even without Fitzpatrick, he'll see things that he's probably never seen before. So I find this one a tough one to to evaluate because there's too many there's too many ifs um, involved with this. And the over thirty six five is it's it's funny. There's nine games that are under forty one or, or were as of yesterday. You know this week. So obviously there you can see because the matchups aren't that attractive. You know we've got. Eight eight teams and four really good games, so uh, I was I was tempted to think this is a kind of a going under under game from the start, um, but I actually think on the short week there might be some action uh, to go over, and I think Pittsburgh probably covers this uh, by a field goal, which means is it two point? It was two point five, so they it do, was they do cover. I think. Okay, John, what do you think, Titans? It's a tough one. Like a lot of Thursday night footballs, they're kind of like um, you know the the Aldi version of uh, Monday night football. So yeah, that, that would be, be tough this. to call. That's a that's a good comparison. Fence Aldi, and if you want me to be a brand sponsor or ambassador, I will in a heartbeat. <laughs> let me tell you that Aldi. a heartbeat. You just, I will flog any outside. <laughs> uh, in this game, yeah, I think you know I would be one of the people that was kind of down on Pittsburgh a little bit. They're they're just not really good <laughs> they're just not really a good football team the only place that they're like it was strange before they they lost the jags um last weekend by 10 but before that they were four and two now they're four and three obviously which is still a pretty decent record in, in a competitive afc north as well but i think uh, mike touched on it there the um minka fitzpatrick's availability will be kind of crucial to this one as well because the only kind of efficient part to my eyes anyway of the steelers team or at least the defense has been their turnovers they've been getting i think 
I'm going to say 2.1, that's in my head, but I could be wrong on that. But they've been getting plenty anyway per game. Like, they're above average in that regard. And it's not surprising when you've got somebody, you know, they, they do have some star, star players on defense. But if they're missing the guy who's primarily responsible for a lot of those turnovers, I'd imagine, that will hurt them in this one. And yeah, like you said, like losing Kenny Pickett, you know, most teams losing their starting quarterback, particularly in a short week like this, is a bit of, well, I know he didn't play last week either, or he went off last week. But, you know, it's a big you know, disadvantage to a team. But then again, like, is there really a difference between Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky? <laughs> like, I'm not really sure that there is. And, um, you know, uh, just could it be different from Mike, I think I'm going to go. I, I do like the under in this one too, to be honest, but I can actually go with um, the, the Titans on this one. I'm going to go with them. I just think they, yeah, I think they can win this one by at least a field goal, but they're going to, you know, I think, yeah, I'll be taking them on the handicap and hoping for the best in this one. Okay. Uh, before we move on to Sunday's action, just want to give you um, a couple of little stats uh, as you head into the weekend. Um, it's been good to take on Chicago so far. Most profitable NFL team to bet against uh, since 2022 is the Bears, who are 17 and 7 and 1 against the spread. And actually, if you go back all the way to 2018, they are actually uh, basically the ones to always fade. So maybe that will change. Mikey, we're going to like this one. Here you go. Kyle Shanahan is 0-37 when trailing by eight <laughs> I, plus points in the fourth quarter. I, I knew that one. And that, that's kind of easy to explain because they 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 just can't drop back pass. Um, and, and Trent Williams' loss was was really crucial to them um, last week. But, you know, they, they run off a, a play action, moving pocket kind of kind of thing. And they and if they have to sort of chase a lead and drop back and throw deep they're not very good at it never have been you know mm. I, I don't and that problem that doesn't that stat doesn't include the um loss to the patriots in the super bowl when he was offensive coordinator at atlanta that's um, true yep uh, yeah it would yeah uh our friend of the show, who we used to praise a lot last season, uh, Tony Pollard, he's gone an NFL high of 121 consecutive touches without a touchdown now. Um, oh boy, really? <laughs> yikes. And one for when we do the best bets a little bit later on, the Detroit Lions are now 15-3 and three against the spread in the last 18 games. Before we move on, Mike, our senior rules analyst, so they say NFL, <laughs> Did you watch the end of the New York Giants New York Jets game? Where I prayed, I prayed for the end of the New York Jets New York <laughs> Giants game. Yes, I was was watching it. Yes, the Jets kind of spotted their own football. Which, if you rewind back to the playoffs and Dallas uh, and Dak Prescott getting you know rinsed a bit, if the referees had done on what that they, day what, what they, they do did sometimes for yeah. the Jets who yeah. then went on to win the game in overtime. And uh, if you haven't seen this, uh, Google the end of the New York Jets. It's it's up. A lot of people are talking about it. Uh, oh, it sounded like Trump there. A lot of people are talking about it. <laughs> Everybody was. <laughs> but the referees kind of came in and helped the Jets because he like, they're meant to spot the ball and they're meant to, they have to touch the ball and spot it down. Now he throws the ball. I'm watching a replay over here. Oh, right? yeah. It's caught with 10 seconds down to the ground, nine seconds, eight seconds. They're all running up. They they spot it themselves. Like the referee literally yeah. swipes it on the way by. He like Yeah. Like he's high fiving yeah. the ball. Yeah. I didn't I, think that was allowed. Did you? Well, it's purely when I can't figure out 
it's purely random. Sometimes they stand over the ball and they wait, they wait, they look both ways, they they make sure everybody's lined up, and then they step away from the ball. And, and we've seen that we've seen that cost teams a play uh at the end of a at, at the end of a couple of games. So I don't know what what the logic of it is and why they do and why they don't, but maybe they just got caught up in the moment. You know, maybe they I think why, he's maybe just a very have, excited ref. Yeah, like maybe the, they, the they might have had sad. dinner. They might have had dinner re- uh, reservations, and the you know the overtime <laughs> was ruining it. The Giants, the Jets aren't in any way. Or neither team is set, especially the Giants, who are no. in no way set for the play. <laughs> um, well, I mean, they, 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 you know, it was set for a spike, so they don't really have to, you know, worry about that. But hmm. yeah, I I don't know. I I I always think that the defensive players should just like Faf Faf. Declare against Ireland, you know, in that last scrum with two minutes left, where he's standing on the other side of the field, he's just wandered over there, and then the referee calls him to put the ball into the scrum, <laughs> yeah. and he's kind of walking at half speed, and the referee finally turns the clock off. <laughs> but you know, it's like, why, why hurry? Yeah, <laughs> if you're the defense, just stroll down the field and see if the referees are going to start the game with you offside. You know, let's. Let's go to the action. Sunday, what a great day. Uh, we will start in Germany. Uh, Miami Dolphins take on the Kansas City Chiefs 6-5 to five about the Dolphins. The KC Chiefs are 4-6. to 2.5 is the spread. And we're expecting uh, points. 50.5 is the over-under. Um, John, it's, it's a bit unfair that Germany got such a good game, isn't it? Apparently, we, you're not happy with the London slate, Karen. <laughs> well, if I if they put all of the games that were going to be in international areas, shall we yeah. say, I would have picked this one. Well, that's fair. It, it is the it's the box office game of the of the overseas games so far, isn't it? There's been nothing really come close. They can give us they can give us twenty five more Jaguars games, and I don't think they'll get one uh, as, <laughs> as good as this. But, uh, well, yeah. a clever marketing decision. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, yeah, like this. You know, I think this might be a bit of a, a tricky game. You know, the um, like you said here, the over under is fifty point five in this one. You'd look at these two teams and you just assume this is going to be a you know an offensive shootout. I'm not quite so sure. I think that fifty point five might be kind of tricky to reach in this game. And um, let's see, Dolphins obviously great passing offense, but that's you know that's nine. You know, ninety percent of that is Tyree Kill. So there is, you can kind of see that the the it's easier said than done, of course. But if you slow him down, you're going to slow down the majority of the of the Dolphins' offense. I know you got Jalen Waddle and now Julio. Wait, Julio? No, he's went to the Eagles. Who did uh, Dolphins picked up somebody anyway? That's Case Claiborne. Don't worry. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> it's probably a moot point. In fairness, um, now let's. So the Dolphins' passing offense very good. Thing is, Chiefs' secondary also very good. So let's see what happens there. Patrick Mahomes, we like he was sick last weekend. They were saying he had a touch of the flu, but like they looked very, very poor offensively against Denver. I think snapping their sequence of 16 wins in a row against the divisional rival in that one. But you know, he's not always been sick. And like in the, in the last he three hasn't games, always been sick. I might call the, the show that <laughs> in the last in the last three weeks, though, uh the Kansas City are averaging 19 points per game. And that's not really the type of score you'd put on the board to look for a 50.5 over under in this one. If you're if you're looking for the over, that is, of course. So I'm not really sure this is going to be a shootout. You know, I think this might be a little bit more of a measured game than some of the uh, the markets are suggesting. So I'm actually leaning heavily uh, towards the under on this one. I think under 50.5 is is a sneaky good bet here. 
I, I think you I think you're probably right there. Um and as with all of the European games, it's hard to tell what you're going to get because you just don't know how the teams are going to react, you know, yeah. when they get when they get off the planes and how but if Kansas City is going to win this game, I think they win it defensively, um, not not offensively. Mm-hmm. And um I think I would probably go with them giving the points. Um uh, not with any great confidence and i'm not i'm not sure you know i'm not sure i i actually go for the, with this game because i i just really get nervous about and any teams playing in europe um you know how to judge which team gets an advantage or not or on their flight schedule i think miami went out earlier than um can i think kansas city's going out tomorrow and miami went yesterday if i if i got that right mm-hmm. Okay. It's interesting as well because it's an extra. We talk about the, you know, we always have this caveat, even as talking about the London games, about, and rightfully so, I think, just like watch how they travel. You can never really be quite sure. But like there's an extra few hours on that plane if you're heading out to Germany as well. So that can only exacerbate things for tension, yeah. at least. Anyway. And an extra hour on the time difference. Exactly. Too. Not exactly on Ryanair flights here, lads. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Ryanair. I am also available. Yeah. How many how many sets of shoulder pads is that? Sixty-seven. <laughs> oh, let's see, at fifty pounds a shoulder pad. Well, uh, look. Hopefully, Patrick Mahomes can uh, shake it off that cold. Am I right, guys? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Airplanes are bad for people with the flu. He'll probably spread it to the rest of his team. <laughs> Um, okay, the uh, the next game we're going to look at uh, crack and slate of games, as we mentioned. Um, we'll try and see if we can circle back and get some Rams, Packers, or uh, Commanders, or Patriots, maybe for Mike. But we will speak about the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Baltimore Ravens. It is uh, two to one about the Seahawks. Ravens are two to five. Five point five is spread. Forty two point five is the over under. We spoke a little bit about the Ravens last week. Um, it's it's all clicking back. It's like they they had a couple of seasons, Mike, where you were a bit like, oh, they don't look great, do they? But Lamar is back. He's playing well. He seems healthy. Uh, it's it's still a bit of a runaround with him at times, it, which it, is it, always going to be the way. But they look you, a bit more like what they were, you know. Yeah, years ago. I, I I agree. And he just needs the receivers to cooperate. You know, they they two weeks ago they had a great game from their receivers, held on to everything. Last week was not so great, but they they managed to come back and beat Arizona because Arizona is basically a three quarter team, um, and um, with Clayton Toon in at quarterback, uh, that was probably almost inevitable. Um, the Hollywood Brown Bowl that was, you know, Hollywood Brown <laughs> big game against his old his old team, but I, I think in this one is interesting because I like the Ravens because Seattle's coming coast to coast. You know, it, it tends to tends to make teams play worse uh, the, when when you're doing the um, the West Coast to East Coast against the clock kind of thing. But Seattle picked up Leonard Williams, which I thought was a tremendous pickup for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because they in in Pete, they it means they can rotate their tackles more, keep them fresh defensively. And that and that's got to be bad news for the Ravens, although their offensive line is is playing pretty well. Um, I think in this one, I would take Baltimore with the points, and even though the over unders at forty two five, I'd probably think about going over on this one because I think there could be there could be a lot of offense. Um, the real key, they don't run; they're not running Lamar Jackson much on set run plays, but but Lamar is still he's got the green light to scramble whenever he needs to. Um, and I think I don't that's... think you can put a red light on Lamar scrambling. I don't think he yeah. no. listened to that. 
No, but you know, but the the Greg Roman Roman offense was designed. There were a lot of designed runs for Lamar. Now they're letting got like Gus Edwards and Justice Hill carry the ball more, and I think that works really well for them. Um, so I like I like the Ravens in this one. I also think like the over on forty two five. John, uh, I mean, you must watch quite a bit of the Ravens. Uh, what, what do you, what do you give them? And actually, before you answer that, I never said it at the start, and I meant to say it. And these guys don't even know about this. But next week is our mid-season preview show. Oh boy, is it preview? Our is mid-season it? review. Review. Show. <laughs> we had this. Don't we, start did, talking about when it is actually mid-season. Yeah, didn't we have a debate about this? We're not going to do people it again. emailing yeah, in. Yeah, there was. You know, we had a lot of controversy about that last oh, year. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my isn't, god! Isn't nine the midpoint in seventeen? I mean, yeah. Some, yeah, we had a lot of crap from it, <laughs> but uh, we get a lot of crap about a lot of things. Like, hey, you're just bought- doing it all over again. You could have, you could have put, picked it one more week down the road, and nobody would have said anything. You know? Yeah. Well, look, we're doing the mid-season review next yeah. week, which whatever you we will say, talk boss. about teams <laughs> about the Ravens, John. Bob. <laughs> well, I'm going to be. Uh, I, I differ a little bit from Mike uh, on on this game. Good. We like differences of opinion. I don't like when the two of you are like, "Well, I agree with John." <laughs> <laughs> I think. We, well, in this one, look. Ravens are a run. They they run more than they run over fifty percent of their plays. It's like fifty one or fifty two percent like that. You know, basically. Sorry, I phrased that weirdly. About fifty two percent of their plays are runs. So that's the the you know the, they're the team in the NFL that do that the most per the statistics at least anyway. But Seattle's run defense is the third best in the league, and they're conceding just three point six yards per run attempt. So that's potentially a little bit of a you know. Uh, movable force meets a, well, you know, whatever that phrase is. <laughs> a resistible force meets a immovable object. But on the other side of the thing, Seattle's strength, really, they've been pretty good at hitting the receivers so far this year. And Baltimore are top of the league in uh, keeping opponents' yards per passing attempt to just 4.6. There's no team that's, got it, that's better than that so far this season in the league. So, like, I mean, you know, NFL games are a lot more than just analyzing statistics and saying, well, like, well, this, you know, A, A and B obviously equals C. It's not necessarily the case, but in this market, I think with, with 42.5 being the over-under, I think all the, the signs are pointing to this being a little bit more of a low-scoring game. Now, 42.5 is a dodgy one to pick because that's kind of just about the, the boundary of where I'd be looking at this one. But I think this one can sneak under, but I would also go, uh, I think the Ravens can, can win this one as well. They're just, they're a team that, you know, obviously I'm a Browns fan, but like I have a great deal of respect for Baltimore in the sense that they can they just lose players all the time, and it doesn't seem that their you know their output diminishes greatly as a result of that. They've you know they've probably been the team in the last couple of years that's been hit by injuries the most, or at least top five, I suppose. But they still maintain at least an average to above average output, and that's that's a very hard thing to do in this league. So you know, I just think they're at the moment a little bit more of a robust team than Seattle. And I think uh, they'll win the game. And I'm leaning towards the under 42.5 as the. Had the spread come down from five? It was 5.5 five yesterday. I had 5.5 five yesterday as well. Yeah, it's 5.5. Five. Five. You yeah. want me to so tell you something? Want me to tell you something, guys? What's Still, that? Yeah, the tell Seahawks me are, as I said, 5.5 5 point underdogs in Baltimore on Sunday. Seattle, when they have been an underdog of four or more under Pete Carroll since October of 2011, are 19 and five. Oh, interesting. So I guess, <laughs> should we just change? I'll, I'll just switch mm. my entire well, I was just <laughs> waiting to see what you guys said, and then I was going to hit you with the stat. That's the way yeah, I yeah. I'm going to leave you with that. Yeah, that's a fair one. That, people. 
Yeah. That that is a fair one because I you know I kept I said ball I like Baltimore in this one and I, I my eyes swerved over to the spread five five is a lot I mean you know mm. Baltimore you, you like Baltimore by a field goal most of the time you know the, a, a Justin Tucker yeah Baltimore. tend to a Justin Tucker I think we mentioned him we mentioned him by far the most kicker on the show <laughs> <laughs> he does he does get that a lot. Um, the uh, half nine game is everyone's favorite Dallas Cowboys taking on boo everyone's boo Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> uh, eleven to eight Dallas Cowboys to Philadelphia Eagles for six to ten it's a three point spread so a field goal to be a push and it's forty six points is the over under Mike we uh, we managed to ruin the tush push when we said it was uh, <laughs> oh it's it's unstoppable well you know. And then they ran a fake as well. After the fake, that, I love after that fake. That, that fake one is beautiful. great because it yeah. looks, makes everyone look stupid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But but my my first take on that game, the Philadelphia Washington game last week, was that J- Jalen hurts. And I tweeted this. It looks hurt. I mean, uh, you know, he looks like he's walking with busted ribs or something. You know, he he really doesn't look a hundred percent. And and he still managed to you know make some big big plays. Um, when he had my favorite moment of the weekend, I think was when Joey Sly of Washington hit this 61-yard field goal, and they cut to the sidelines to Ron Rivera is going, yes, yes. And this is when I when I used to do the highlights on channel. Boy, can I coach? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, but um AJ Brown. I don't know how much you can say about AJ Brown, but but I mean he's a big boy. Um, he had that touchdown catch early where it seemed where the guy was sort of half hanging on him and he put sort of Put him in a headlock and spun him out of the way, and then caught the ball and went went for a score. I think that's that's the big thing, and I think the the the, the test for Dallas Philadelphia's offensive line has not been as as overpowering, say as as we expect it to be, as as it has been, and whether that's because Lane Johnson's not a hundred percent or or not, I I can't say. But um, Washington played them pretty tough. Um, they. Uh, they just missed covering on that on that game. I think it was 38-31, and it was six and a half when we when we did it. And Dallas obviously is coming off um what was a what was a really good um win for them. So I mean the Rams, the Rams died on them. They're not that good a team. You know, it looked at the beginning like like they could compete, but then they they fell behind a couple of turnovers. Um, big play, and then they fell behind, and they couldn't. And then Stafford hurt hurt his um, hurt his thumb, and that probably meant the end of it. So, in this season, in this season, you would say, "Oh, look at those results," and and it's going to be a uh, a uh, unpredictable big win for Philadelphia. You know, based on Dallas coming off a great win and Philadelphia squeezing be- out beside Washington. But I think Philadelphia at home, I still like them. I like them to kind of cover. And this is another one where the as the undertaker, I feel like the the over the over is probably a better bet than the under on this, even though it's yeah. high. I think I'll be back, like you know people out there probably listen to the show a lot. There's three games: one at five past nine, twenty five past nine, twenty five past nine. You know, I could probably take the three overs and hope that they're they're a fest. Yeah. You know, forty four, forty six, thirty seven, but. That would be the one. You know, a lot of the time what happens with this is that the one you kind of expect will be yeah. one. Oh, that'll definitely go over. 
Like mm. when I did it a couple of weeks ago and, and then I was like, oh shit, it's Denver Jets. That won't go over and it turned out to be a point fest. But the Rams against the Eagles was an under, you, even though they both scored with their first possession. <laughs> this is just me saying, John, it can be frustrating. It can. I don't know where yeah, I'm going with this. Like that's, I mean, that's just to go back a little bit. That's what I think about the, the Dolphins and Chiefs game a little bit. I think that's, you know, a little bit... I don't know. It's it's tough to pick, I suppose. But yeah, in this game, I think this is Philly all day. I don't think the Cowboys are going to be... Well, they'll be competitive, but I think Philly runs away with this game a little bit, to be honest with you. Uh, I think the Cowboys have been a little bit deceptive so far this year. You know, they've, they've looked okay at times, but it's... I, we said it before on an episode a couple of weeks ago, I think, that when they, they ran into the 49ers, who were unbeaten at the time, and that was their first big um, test of the season, and they lost by... I think 42-10, if memory serves correctly. They got hammered anyway in the, when they came up against a really, really good team. And they're coming up against a really good team here on the road again. I just don't think this Cowboys team, they're flattering to deceive a little bit. And I I, I think they're going to get hammered this weekend, to be honest with you. Um, you know, the Cowboys have looked pretty good in, in pass rush situations, but they're, they've got, haven't got a good run defense. And, you know, DeAndre Swift is looking good. Jalen Hurts can, obviously, I didn't, I, I honestly didn't pick up on his injury thing that Mike was talking about as well. I, I see to that as well, of course. But I think, yeah, there there's a lot of opportunities here for the Eagles to put a bunch of points on. And like I didn't even mention, as Mike did, A.J. Brown, who's the most probably the most informed receiver in the league at the moment, I'm guessing, or top three at least anyway. So, yeah, Eagles come out on top in this NFC East battle, and I think pretty easily too. Yeah, Brown is, a, yeah. Brown is a game breaker the way Tyreek Hill, well, not the same way, in a different way. But he and, he and Tyreek Hill are like mm. the two game breakers, I think, in – you know, Actually, yeah, you know, and so they're, are they the two best in the league this year so far? Probably, they, yeah, probably, they, yeah. They'd have to be, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm just thinking about the uh, a lot of comments coming out of the Cowboys uh, locker rooms at the moment. Is they feel a little bit unfairly treated, um, especially with attacks right. on their QB, who oh, they think yeah. gets a really rough. And obviously, there has been a little bit of bad blood between the Eagles and the Cowboys, uh, with some comments made about Parsons and about about Dak Prescott do they is it just because you know nobody likes them that they get a hard time Mike or is it just are they I actually think not that's, that good? I think that's part of it I, there's a huge hype machine behind behind the Cowboys and um they uh you know they've got the shiny hood ornaments that everybody expects to do really well they'll have trouble running the ball against Philadelphia um, which especially means, if Pollard can't score a touchdown, <laughs> <laughs> which means you know, um, CD Lamb had a great game against the Rams, um, last week, and Ferguson made some plays too from at tight end. But, um, I think that that's you know, they what they want to be is for Dak to be a game manager sounds insulting in a sense, but that's really what they want him to be, and then make make some big plays, which he's perfectly capable of doing. Um, but I think what John was saying was right. You know that when so far when the when it's come to the crunch time and you play somebody good, they they haven't had the horses to be able to be able to do that. You know they need a couple of big plays from their defense and they get them against bad teams um, more more than they do against good teams. They also got to score Agami. I think we should mention that it was the yeah. first NFL game in history to end forty three to twenty. We do love them, right? Yeah. Um, a reminder, of course, uh, of our Sunday offer on the NFL continues. It is uh, bet five pounds on a bet builder on any of the games on Sunday, and you will get a free five pound bet. Terms and conditions apply for that. You can read all about them in the uh, description of this podcast. 
The late game is the Buffalo Bills taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. 5-4 to four about the Bills. 13-20 to 20 about the Bengals. 2.5 is spread. And it is uh, 48.5 the over-under. Jump off. Yes, sir. Has Joe Burrow got his traditional bad start to the season out of the way? He's copped it all <laughs> it, up. It was a and bit now longer the usual, wasn't it? it? took a little <laughs> bit longer. It took yeah. a little bit longer. But it really did. He's, but he's yeah, cleared the last, gas out. Last weekend, 283 yards, three TDs, no interceptions. Against, you know, uh, that's that wasn't against nobody. That was against San Francisco. So, I mean, that's easily his best performance of the year. I think that's, you know, nobody can question that. And obviously, when Joe Burrow plays well, so too does uh, your first fantasy pick here in Jamar Chase. So, you must be you must be pretty happy with that, too. I so, guess uh, I've been, thanks to, I am happy. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he played well. He, he, he was on the bench for a week or two with me as well. I lost hope. Tyler Lockett replaced him. Yeah, I'd say that that was the wake-up call he needed, I think, Kieran, to, uh, if, if you drop him from your fantasy team, that's serious business. But, mm. you know, I think, um, yeah, this is, this, uh, this Bengals defense, you know, you know, still not top of the league, let's be honest, in, in that regard. And, you know, any, but I think any defense coming up against Josh Allen is going to be asked some serious, serious questions. But, uh, you know, I think this game, like, after being a little bit conservative earlier, in this show, I mean, uh, with a couple of unders and particularly in the Dolphins Chiefs ones, I think this one, Sunday Night Football, evening game with 48-5 uh, over-under, at least it was up Tuesday anyway, I think it's still the same. Um, this one has more potential to be a high-scoring points game, I think, anyway. So, as for who the winner is, I think, you know, Buffalo, it hasn't all been plain sailing for them lately. Bengals are trending upwards. I would lean towards Buffalo winning this one by around a field goal or so when the 2.5 handicap obviously comes into play there. But I think, you know what, I'm going to be optimistic for once on this show today and I'm going to go with the over on this one and I think they're going to be uh, it's going to be the game of the week. I think this will be the most exciting one. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, Joe Burrow was so good. Uh, just four incompletions, 28 for 32. I thought Cincinnati pretty much dominated that game, although... You know, the, the turning point was a tremendous play by Pratt to intercept Purdy when the play was a touchdown and uh, he got his hand on this little dinky pass. Um, not Purdy's fault, really, but um, uh, that kind of turned the game. But Luana Rumo came up with a great defense to hold San Francisco in check. I think he can probably do the same with the Bills. And, you know, when you say hold the Bills in check, they're not going to hold them completely. Um, and Josh Allen, here's the thing. And and this is why I, I almost think John is right, but I think I would still go with Cincinnati in this one at home. Almost but, right, John. Yeah. But the pressure you put on, Purdy got away from the pressure, but it, it upset the rhythm of the San Francisco passing game. The Bills passing game doesn't depend on rhythm. <laughs> it depends on Josh Allen avoiding the rush, which he does probably better than anybody else because they bounce they bounce off him. Josh Allen gets hit a lot when he's scrambling and they and shakes it off and keeps going. And to me, that's that's kind of like the the deciding factor in this game, how how well they can control that kind of um breakdown play for the uh for the Bills. So, you know, I I think I I think I like Cincinnati in this one, but I I kind of agree with John that even though the the over under is high, it's a, it's another one where the over is is probably the better bet. The one oh, thing I will say is oh, that I, oh, can't believe, oh. I can't believe Mike said shakes it off and Kieran didn't mention Taylor Swift. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned her all the, I did it earlier, none of you reacted. Um yeah, look, Swifty, you know, she's making the NFL, you know, 
be real again. You know, Bring in a few more viewers. Yeah, that's she, that's, yeah, that's she's, a sport that needs a bit more eyeballs on it. <laughs> yeah, she's this season's SpongeBob, right? <laughs> they'll, they'll probably give her her own Thursday night football show. Uh, the big finish is uh, the uh, LA Chargers at the New York Jets. I, I started that sentence and <laughs> I immediately good things, regretted All good away. things must come to an end. <laughs> it is 6-10 to 10 about the LA Chargers, 11-8 to 8 the New York Jets, 3 points is spread, 41.5 is the over-under. And they're doing it again, guys, the Chargers. They're, I know it was only the Bears, but they're trying to make themselves look good. Yeah. And it's frustrating because we all know when the going gets tough, the Chargers take off. <laughs> The, the charges are gone. The charges are gone. Um, but how, however, and let's not even talk about the fact that Aaron Rodgers is somehow back on his feet throwing footballs and uh, after like, makes no difference. That 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 may, means nothing. I mean, that, well, he's that not going to play this. No, that that was kind of that was kind of done. I think for show, it was just pure. Give me ten more minutes on Pat McAfee the next. Tuesday or whatever it is. I, I think he he gets well paid to go on Pat McAfee. I think he's sure going to be is. doing that for quite a while. Um, yeah. I mean, imagine that. I heard of Keith Olbermann, who used to be on ESPN and on MSNBC. Mm-hmm. He was saying, you know, this is dangerous because what if everybody wants, starts wanting to get paid to do interviews? And I don't think that happens per se because they're required by contract to do a certain number of interviews, you know, at least the, the public interviews with the, with the press. Um, but it is an interesting point when you start playing, paying active players for for and lots of money for interviews, you know, um, there goes your there goes the uh, what would you call it news access part of your yeah. shows. Yeah, it is. I mean, you can understand why people get paid after their finish playing, but sure. uh, certainly when he's on and he's, he's uh, from what we understand, his contract is you know nice. Let's be yeah, honest. Not that he needs it. You know. He doesn't need it. He's plenty of money. But off Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, um, who who are you know hanging around. I would say, but if the Chargers, and I don't give out to me, listeners, if the Chargers believe that they can make a run to the playoffs, they have to win this game, John. Oh, yeah, they do. And luckily for Chargers fans, they will, in, in, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> like the Jets have had a couple of decent wins lately, and it's not, you know, and they, to be honest, they have performed probably above expectations, you know. By losing their, you know, the starting quarterback, their big money for the agency signing, you know, how many plays did he have again? Like five plays or something like that. But anyway, I think, um, look, if you just look at the stats on this one, this one leans to the Chargers all day long. Uh, the Jets convert less than a quarter of their third down opportunities. They're dead last in a lot of metrics, and Zach Wilson <laughs> is still their quarterback. So, like the Chargers whooped a pretty bad Bears team last weekend, and I think they're going to do the same to a pretty bad New York team here as well. So. I think the Chargers, it, it, it's still minus three, I believe, in this one. I think the Chargers minus three is, you know. There's I, only, I, yeah, the Jets are one of only two home dogs this week. Yeah, I, uh, I would, I'm would. i going to take Chargers minus three and just start laughing at how easy this one yeah, should be, I think. The one the one thing, and, and I, I hesitate to, to look at the under because it's the Chargers. Um, and what was last week? 43 against uh, 30 to 13 against the Bears. Um, but the Jets are not as good a defensive team as the hype would have you say. Because, I mean, when you think about it, they went, what was it, a whole half just about with Tommy DeVito at quarterback? 
And everybody in the stadium except Robert Salon knew that Tommy DeVito wasn't going to throw the ball. He wasn't going to be allowed to throw the ball. And they didn't, they weren't really able to, to do much. But but the Chargers offense has been an awful lot of with Mike Williams out, an awful lot of dink and dunk. Um Eckler can't run, they're not able to run the ball behind that line, but they they use him on, you know, short passes, screens, uh, that kind of thing. And and that's the Jets are very good at stopping that. That's gonna that's gonna be the because I was looking at 41-5 and thinking that's gotta go under, but um that would probably be where I, I look at that. Um and I agree with you, John. The Chargers on paper should win this one, but they're the Chargers. Yeah. But yeah, they are the T's, but like I mean, there can be draws in the NFL. We know that it's happened, but they both can't choke. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you saw the Jets and Jets last week. I mean, if Gano kicks a field goal, a thirty-five yarder, they they yeah. probably win that game. If they if they just kill time on fourth down in that game, you know, kill. How many punts were there in that game? Last I saw, there was a countdown of how many punts there was, and it was. It was the it final was, was 13-10 in overtime. Um, I mean, how much more under can you go? Yeah. <laughs> Did they give you the stats of how many times they punted when you look? Oh, at the, the punts were 24, which was three short of the record. There was 24 punts? Yeah. 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 It was wow, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize that. The the yeah. um, 13 for the Giants, 11 for the Jets, 24 Jets, right. in total. The, yeah. there, wow. were, there, were, there was one, I think there was one third down converted in the first half. And they were the two teams combined were four for 34 on third down. That's right. Two for 19, the Giants, two for 15, the Jets. So, yeah, if you, if you have um, your NFL pass and that was the game you went with, Fair play. Yeah, it was great That's because it. when it went to Jersey. overtime, it, it went to overtime, and there was only one game starting at nine or at eight, uh, at eight oh five. So for about fifteen minutes there, that was the main show. You know, it, it was. You, you can, can imagine the producer of Red Zone with just like just a cigarette in his mouth. Going, <laughs> gotta be kidding me. Gotta Scott Hansen nearly curses. Nearly curses. <laughs> okay um guys i'm gonna give you a second uh just okay. to think about uh your best bets of the week uh remind everyone uh to please do gamble responsibly this week and enjoy all the action especially on sunday but do responsibly there are lots of safer gambling tools for which you can use on the uh, sports book uh, just have a look at them there on the website and a reminder safer gambling week is coming up in around about two weeks time and we'll have more info on that in the next couple of weeks and after that, it's time to recap last week's best bet picks. You can go. Yes, and Mike. Yes, yes, yes. yes. As, as the three Zach Wilsons of betting combined <laughs> <laughs> combined last week to go three and zero. Nice. How many times have all three of us had a best bet correct? Uh, um, loads, Mike. Let's not be... Uh... <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. JB had the under in Jacksonville-Pittsburgh, which was 41.5, and the total was 30. So easy cover for him. He's now four and four on the season. Your host had Miami giving nine and a half, and they won by 14. Covered did. Hosed in the final quarter, our Patriots yeah. friend said, but sure, look. Oh, the refs screwed us. Yeah, shut up. He's um, <laughs> So he's four and four as well. Yeah, there were a couple of really bad calls in that game. It didn't, I mean, it wasn't like the Patriots were going to win the game, but there, there was one head to head contact, which was just, I mean, Wayne Barnes could have called that one. Ooh, um, God, and, Barnes, and, case. 
and yours truly was under in, in um, the Houston Carolina game, which was 43, and they only combined for 28. So as it happens, all three of us won, and as it happens, all three of us stand at four and four mm-hmm. on the season. Well, based on uh, seniority, Mike, you can go first. Okay, I'm back. I'm back with a winner. <laughs> Carolina, <laughs> Indianapolis, Carolina, under 44-5. Okay. John? I was going to, like, up to about 10 seconds ago, I was just going to go with the under in the Dolphins-Chiefs game that I was confident of. But I'm going to, Kieran, if you have it in front of you, is it still, is the handicap still eight in the Arizona-Cleveland game? Um, it is seven point five now. I'm going to take that. I'm going to take the uh, Arizona to to keep it closer than seven point five over against Cleveland. Okay, and I will take advantage of my incredible stats, and I'm going to go to Seattle Seahawks plus five point five, which is fifteen and three in the last eighteen games. I think mm-hmm. something like that. Um, I said it earlier, so just rewind the pod and listen to it again. <laughs> All uh, right, but do All it right. on a separate platform so we get a new play uh, if you could. One, that would be great. One Thank Undertaker and, and two barking dogs. <laughs> Look, rough, rough, rough. Um, and that's it, gentlemen. Thank you so much, John Buff and to Mike Carlson for joining me. I am Beth First, Karen O'Connor. As I said, we will be back next week with our mid season review. Don't count the games, don't be the person. It's mid season ish. It is. There'll be a go, it's not even Thanksgiving yet. You can't do a mid-season review until after Thanksgiving. Shut the up. Is it a harvest moon? It's just like... <laughs> I, no matter when we do the mid-season... Excuse me, I've got a phone call. It's like, it's like the mid-season actually happens during the thing anyway. Anyway, Mike's gone. Listen, he's had enough of that. Listen, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Oh. Bye-bye.